Ella está solita y yo ando solo Ella dice que sabe quién soy pero no la conozco Hello everyone and welcome back to the second episode of this new podcast series called World Class Wildcats where I'm interviewing Baker students who have had different travel abroad experiences whether that is semesters or a few weeks long and so I'm very excited about this one. We're going to be talking about a student who went to Spain this past spring semester and that is our very own Nicole Johnson. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Um mainly because I was supposed to study abroad in Spain where you did and now I'm graduating early. So I'm kind of excited to hear your experiences, either be really sad or <laughs> hopeful that I'll just travel in <laughs> the future. Yeah. Um, so we're just going to get right into it. So first, if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you're studying, stuff like that. Okay, so well, like you said, my name is Nicole. I'm from Peculiar, Missouri. I am studying human biology. I was a double human bio and Spanish major, um, but I have actually dropped my Spanish major down to a minor now. Um, but yeah, I play volleyball at Baker and I'm really excited to be here. <laughs> Sweet. That was really cool. So why did you drop from a major to a minor after you just went to Spain? So. I personally felt like I learned so much more Spanish, immersing myself into the Spanish culture and like being surrounded by it, having to use the foreign language every single day. And I feel like I learned more in that three and a half months than I did in six years that I've spent in a Spanish classroom. And so for me, it just became a better choice because I was trying to balance volleyball and two majors. Mm -hmm. I'm pre-med, and so it just became a lot, and so it just ended up being the right decision for me. Um, I'm still um, looking for opportunities to use my Spanish, like I'm trying to go on the um, Costa Rica interterm that's coming up, and so yeah. I definitely have not ended my Spanish career, but it just ended up being the right choice for me. That's really smart because then you're pretty much done with your minor then. Exactly. Well, well, that's kind of nice. So then because I know for if you're in a foreign language and you're a major at Baker, you're required to go study abroad. So is that what like kind of directed you in your study abroad experience or how did you choose the university went to, went to and what was that like? So yes, it is a requirement for foreign language majors. I knew even in high school that I wanted to study abroad. It was something that I had always wanted to do. Um, I love traveling. The little bit of traveling that I've gotten to do with my family um, just kind of sparked my interest, and I knew it was something that I wanted to do, and then when it was a requirement for my major, it ended up working out perfectly. So, yeah. Mm. Awesome. So then what university in Spain did you go to, and how did you choose out of those universities that you could have gone to? So I studied at uh, Universidad de Sevilla, and that was the main university in Sevilla, Spain, which is the city that I was in. I basically chose it, chose it, yes, based on um, just the different programs that were available. So I went to Dr. Robin Long, who is the study abroad coordinator for Baker, and she basically gave me different um, books that had different programs through um, my program ended up being ISA, um, which is one of the main ones that Baker uses. It uses ISA, um, AIFS, um, several other ones, but those are the two main ones. And so it just ended up being the program that worked out for the dates that I wanted to be there, the classes that I needed, um, the 
extra travel opportunities that were available out of that city as well. And so it just ended up being what worked out the best. Cool. So I know that with ISA, sometimes the programs have those added excursions, as they call it. So which ones did you go on? So I went on every single one that was available for me. <laughs> um, there were one. There was one to Portugal that I went to with ISA. There was another one to Gibraltar. Um, an extra one that we paid for, which was to Morocco, Africa, which was actually my favorite one. Um, and then there was various ones that were to like close cities in Spain, mm-hmm. just to get us out of Sevilla, um, but not necessarily that were super expensive. Awesome. So uh, I know some of those were day trips, weekend trips. What are some of the other places that you traveled to? So I was very fortunate. I had the opportunity to visit 10 different countries while I was abroad. That's crazy. Yes. Um, Some of those included Italy, Hungary, um, England, Ireland, Portugal, France, Greece. And so I was very, very fortunate to get to go to as many places that I did. Is that unusual for the program that you went that you went to? Um, Yes and no. So basically for me, I traveled every single weekend except for two that I was there. And so out of all the people that I met, I think I definitely traveled the most. There were um, a lot of my friends who chose to stay in Sevilla more weekends than I did. And it was give and take. Like I was sad that I didn't get to spend as much time in Sevilla on the weekends. Um, but I also wouldn't have traded any of the opportunities that I had over the weekends to go to different countries because that was my goal going over there was to see Mm -hmm. as many different places and as many different cultures as possible because I didn't know if I would ever make it back to Europe or not. Yeah, absolutely. Take advantage of the really expensive plane ticket to get there and back. So that's really cool. So I know that you, did you live with a host family? Yes, I did. So what was the experience like for that and then, you know, working with the foreign language and submersing yourself in that culture? Yeah, so it was very different for me. Um, I've only ever lived, um, like I lived with my mom and my dad and my sister growing up, but recently as like a young adult, I've it's just been me and my mom at my house. And so living in a house with a new roommate, because I had a roommate who was also from the US, and living with, a, it was an older couple, they were around like 75. Um, and so it wasn't just a cultural barrier that we had. It was also an age barrier. So it was something um, that was definitely weird at first. Um, I'm definitely glad that I did it because I know a lot of my friends that chose to live in independent apartments or in the dorm options that they had there definitely did not get the opportunity to use their Spanish Spanish as much as I did. And so that is the one thing that I'm really happy that I chose to do a host family simply because since I did travel so much on the weekends to countries that weren't Spanish speaking Mm -hmm. and my host family is where I got the most practice of my Spanish like especially at meal times when we were all sitting down for dinner did you learn how to cook anything or what was the food like there so uh, the food was definitely very different I'm a picky eater so that was another um, challenge for me living in a host family it definitely got me out of my comfort zone um because one, you don't want to be disrespectful. Mm -hmm. These people are allowing you to live in their house and cooking all of their meals for you. And so it definitely got me out of my comfort zone, got me to try things that I wouldn't have even wanted to look at or smell and somehow I ate them. Um, But it also like showed me that some of the things that you don't think that you're gonna like end up being like really good or 
at least they're not terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. That's really, what was the weirdest thing that you ate? It was this really weird fish thing. I don't even know what it was called. There were so many different colors in it. It was like white, purple, blue. I honestly don't even know. It, I it did not like it at all, but I tried it. <laughs> what was something that you ate that you didn't think you were going to like and loved? Um, there was this meal that my house mother made for us. Um, it had like garbanzo beans, um, this really good sauce. Um, it had like several vegetables in it. Um, and typically I'm not like, I'm not really a soup or a stew kind of person. Mm -hmm. I like to like eat my food, not necessarily like <laughs> drink it, but it actually ended up being really good. Um, she like showed us how to like put it like with bread and it made it so much better too. Um, so yeah, it's really cool. So what was it like to you know really immerse yourself in another culture what did you do to try and help with maybe potentially the culture shock that you experienced with you know living in that completely new city so what were some of the things that you did or advice that you got that really worked for you yeah culture shock is definitely a real thing i was not expecting it to hit me as hard as it did. I also got laryngitis within two days of being in Europe. You're kidding. And so for the first two weeks of my study abroad, I could like barely even speak. And so that became really challenging for me because you're trying to speak a whole different mm -hmm. language and you can't even speak the language that you know because I physically couldn't talk. And so that was something that was really hard for me. I remember calling my mom and like bawling my eyes out just because it was like, it was just like a really like you're alone in this mm -hmm. whole new place because um, like for me um, like I know like some people who have gone to Harlixton um, and they've gotten like they've traveled in groups so it's like they're going over there with someone that they know or at least like someone from Baker and for me like I went completely on my own mm -hmm. and so that was definitely something that was very difficult for me um, I would definitely as far as advice would just be to take advantage of every single opportunity that you can and to push your boundaries as much as possible because it, it really, like it sounds cliche, but it really is a once in a lifetime opportunity and every single day over there is a like a new chance to do something that you're never going to get to do again. Mm -hmm. And so um, that would be my one piece of advice and that was something that kind of pushed me to get outside of my comfort zone as well was just like reminding myself like, you know what, just like do it. Like it might be something that scares you. It might mm -hmm. be something that is you've never done before, um, but just do it because most likely that chance is never gonna come again. Yeah, that's really great advice. You know, even if it scares you, might as well make, it'll make for a good story. Exactly. Down the line, positive or negative, I think. Yeah. So what was the traveling like when you did travel? Did you do it by plane? Did you do it by train mostly? Who did you go with by yourself in groups? Um, all of the above. I definitely, um, there were different occasions where, so Europe has a lot of very cheap airlines. Um, it's not like the US. Um, I found a $12 or 12 euro ticket to Paris. It ended up jumping before I could purchase it. But yeah, like they have literally have tickets that are 12 oh euros. That's um, crazy. And so like um, the same thing with trains. There's a lot of cheap train tickets depending on how far you're going. A lot of the trips that I took with ISA was by bus. Okay. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Groups of students. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we even, we had to take a ferry to um, 
Africa. So it was literally used every single type of transportation possible. That's really cool. So obviously with the additional excursions, you went with people from school, but when you were going on these other trips to other countries, did you go by yourself? Did you, I mean, obviously you had to plan these things by yourself because no one from Baker went with you, but then did people ever tag along or was it truly you by yourself going out there and exploring Europe? So I did not go on any weekend trips solely by myself. They were trips that I planned with people who were also in my program. Okay. So I personally, I like being surrounded by people. I know some of my friends chose to go on trips by themselves just to like see how it was, like explore um, themselves and figure out like how they, how they could manage themselves in a foreign country. I personally did not want to do that. So I always tried to find friends that I could go with. On some of those trips, it might have been myself and two other people. Um, Like, that's how it was for me in Amsterdam. And then I had trips um, to Malaga where I went with, like, ten different people and we rented an Airbnb. So um, it was a lot of fun. Um, Definitely each trip was so different in its own way, whether that was who I went with or the cities were completely different. And so um, it was really cool to get to see so many different unique places. And then how did you adjust to weather? Because obviously in Sevilla, it's pretty mild weather year round. And then you would go to different countries in Europe, like you went to Hungary. How was that like in the spring? Did you plan around those things or did you just like, oh, well, I'm going on a weekend in February? Yeah, so that was definitely something that you had to plan for ahead of time. So whenever I arrived in Sevilla, it was the very end of January. And so it was... Um, It was colder in Sevilla when I got there, Um, but what was crazy is that even in Sevilla, like in the summer, it gets to like 120, and so for them, even when we hit like 90 degrees, like they were still wearing winter coats because that was cold for them. So that was something that was like super crazy for me because um, Spain is a very Catholic country, and so they're much more conservative, especially with the way that they dress, like in the middle of the day, and me and my friends were it's 90 degrees so we wanted to wear a tank top and shorts and you couldn't um in the beginning we didn't it got to the point where we couldn't anymore it was just yeah it was too hot for us to handle um doing that but as far as traveling to other places it was definitely something that you had to account for ahead of time um it was pretty warm in Sevilla whenever I traveled to Paris and so it was probably like short sleeve and shorts weather in Sevilla and then Mm -hmm. um Paris was a little more north, and so we were in jeans and long sleeves and a winter coat. Um, So it was definitely sometimes it was hard to pack because you're wanting to not pay to check a suitcase because you're trying to travel as cheap as possible. And then sometimes getting all of those, like, bulkier clothing and heavier winter clothes um, was more difficult. You ended up having to try and make three outfits out of, like, three items. (laughs) But it all worked out in the end. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. It's crazy. So out of the 10 countries and all the cities that you traveled to, what was your favorite or most memorable? Maybe if there's a couple um, experiences that you really liked? Yes, I would definitely say by far my favorite was Morocco. Um, Getting to explore Africa, which was a whole new continent, um, was definitely an amazing experience because Europe is similar to America in the way of like they don't many of the countries at least in western europe like aren't experiencing poverty they're like it's very similar in the fact that like they have 
like shopping malls mm-hmm. and cities and all of those similar things that we have. Um, but to get to literally run around the Sahara Desert and sleep in tents because, I mean, not everyone in Morocco sleeps in a tent, but a lot of people do. They like live in the desert. And so it was just something completely unique to anywhere else that I had been to. Other cities um, had similarities like um, like the bigger cities like Paris and London, those mm-hmm. places like they're unique in their own way, but they're still like a major city. And so Morocco was just something completely different um, than anything that I had ever experienced. That's really, really cool to run around the Sahara Desert. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It and was. You ride camels, too. Yes. Um, we got to ride camels. Um, some people went sandboarding, which is literally just a snowboard, but you're on sand instead. That's cool. I really wish that I would have done it. That's one of, um, the things that I wish that I would have just said, why not? Um, that's probably one of my regrets going back to the advice that I had about like, just like taking every opportunity that you have. That's an opportunity that I wish I would have taken that I didn't. Are there any other things that you regret, wish you would have done, maybe you'd planned better for? Um, I wish in the beginning that I would have known to put my, like, internet browser on incognito mode um, whenever I was, like, looking for flights. So, when I mentioned earlier how there was a 12-euro flight to Paris, so, like, the way internet cookies work is the more people that are searching the same flight or the same, if they're searching flights or hotels or different things in the same destination, Um, websites actually start jumping the prices and so I found a 12 euro flight to Paris and then told all my friends about it because I wanted to get them to come with me Mm -hmm. and then when everyone started looking at the flight all of a sudden it jumped to like 82 euros and so that was something that I wish I would have known because Paris was one of my first trips that I went on and so then after that my mom told me that I needed to like look for flights on incognito mode on Google Chrome. And so then um, like the internet isn't tracking yeah. who's searching it. Um, so that's another thing. I had no idea that was a thing. That makes a Neither lot did of I, sense. Yeah. You know, they can squeeze more money out. Yeah, it's the same way how like whenever you are online shopping for certain things and then all of a sudden there's an advertisement for it on your Instagram. So it's yeah. like, it's the same way. That's super interesting. I'm going to actually take that into account now with <laughs> traveling yes. all the time. That's really smart. Wow. The things that you learn from a <laughs> podcast, everyone. So are there any, you know, closing thoughts, remarks, things that you want to add that I maybe didn't ask you about, about your experience, your trip, you know, some other advice that you would have for people who are looking to study abroad or even just going and traveling to different countries in general? I mean, I know you already gave some some good advice already, but any um, last couple things? I would just say... Even if you're not wanting to do a semester or something as long as I did, like three and a half months, I would definitely recommend doing some sort of study abroad, even if that's an inner term and it's just like a week-long trip at, um, mm-hmm. that Baker offers. Um, you have the chance to experience the way that other people do things, and it really opens your mind and your eyes um, to show you that... America is not the center of the world and it's the way that we do things is not the way that everyone else does things and I think that that's a really good lesson for everyone to learn um, in us trying to accept other people. Absolutely becoming a global citizen is so important 
and you know not being so self-centered which is very very american yes so uh, thank you so much for being on the second episode of world-class wildcats i absolutely loved (laughs) hearing about your experiences i hope that you enjoyed sharing them yes i did thank you for having me again of (laughs) course thank you so much so for all of you listening we will have a third episode but it is going to be about an inner term or summer study abroad experience as nicole kind of mentioned and was also talked about on the last episode so whole different turnaround from these two episodes which i'm very excited about so again thank you for tuning in and i hope you enjoyed